we continue this summer uh, this series called What We're About. Thank you for your nice comments, your kind remarks about this series. Amy and I have really enjoyed putting this together, um, and we appreciate your comments. As we sort of survey Park Road Baptist Church, we've talked about the history of this church. We've talked about Baptist history and our particular theology. We've talked about uh, various uh, aspects of our church life, music and education, emphasis with seniors and children and youth. Um, we talked about our response with, uh, with fiscal stewardship on this campus. Today, we talk about our voice in the community, and next, next Sunday we'll wrap that up with our emphasis on missions. It's been a really interesting summer for us, and Amy and I have been able to divide the preaching time. I'm trying to give you a little bit of sort of nuts and bolts or some background or some history, and then Amy's taking a text from the book of Proverbs um, and offering a homily. So we've enjoyed that. Uh, this past week, we were at our annual preacher camp. Uh, for 20 years, I've been getting together with five other preachers. We spend a week together. We spend all morning long surveying the lectionary text for the coming year. I always come home with a notebook. I can tell you what we're preaching next August um, because I've already, already put that together. Next summer, we're going to do what we're about and not a survey of Park Road Baptist Church, but a survey of the human experience, our emotions, joy and sadness and grief and loss uh, and surprise and wonder and all of that. So um, we, we have enjoyed this summer and appreciate your participation with us in this summer. As we think about voice in community, let me give you this background. When Amy and I retire, I think we will be fair to, it will be fair to say that one of the legacies we will leave to this community is having supported and promoted our church's unwavering commitment to be involved as one voice among many in the social and religious fabric of Charlotte. I am proud of our work in this community. In this, um, excuse me, I'm proud of our work in this community of the voice we offer. Across town, when I introduce myself, people know Park Road Baptist Church because of our participation in the community, because of our campus that is open to so many in our community, because of our integration in the pluralistic community of Charlotte. Now going way back, I've told you this story before, but Amy and I spent the year of 1990 uh, working for the Southern Baptist Convention. Irony of ironies, isn't it? We were Southern Baptist missionaries for a year, if you can believe that. The winter, we took the gospel to the heathens who dared to spend their Sundays skiing at Big Sky Ski Resort instead of worshiping the Lord. Uh, and that summer, we tried to introduce the employees of Yellowstone National Park to Jesus. Now, most of that was an incredibly good experience, one that would help shape our theology. Ironically, it would shape our theology in the opposite direction that our supervisors would have wanted it to shape us. Rather than making us more exclusive, more content that we alone had the right answers, that year of relational evangelism, as they called it, was one of the puzzle pieces fitting together and pushing us in a more open and inclusive direction. One observation from that year in the West was that many small Western towns seemed to have three churches. This was true in Gardner, Montana, where we lived in the basement of the Southern Baptist Church. Amy has told you before that if you ever get a chance to live in the basement of a Southern Baptist Church in Gardner, Montana, try to find some other place to live. 
We lived in the basement of Gardner Baptist Church, and there were two other churches in Gardner. There was the Roman Catholic Church, and there was Gardner Interdenominational Fellowship for all the rest of the Protestants in town. You see, they're the Catholics, and they're the rest of the Protestants, and they're the Baptists. Which reminds me of that old joke about the pastor who died and went to heaven and St. Peter was showing him around and they went down a long hallway and one door was open and there was a lot of people in there shouting about and carrying on and he said, oh, that's the Methodist and they waved at St. Peter and said hello and the next door the room was full of the Presbyterians and the next door was the Catholics and then he went down the hallway and the door was closed and Peter sort of tiptoed by and he lowered his voice and he said, shh, that's the Baptist. They think they're the only ones here. Too many Baptists live separated from the rest of the world, theologically if not physically, as if our hold on truth really is exclusive, as if getting too close would be a bad thing, as if some of them might rub off on some of us. It is an unfortunate attitude, and in our two decades on Park Road, we have taken a different tack altogether. Rather than shunning other voices, we have welcomed all. Being in the community, among the community, among these diverse voices, far from watering down our own faith, has given a depth and richness to our understanding of Christianity that we would otherwise never have been able to know. In the first place, this depth has been ecumenical, Now, let me offer you a clarification in case you need to be reminded. Ecumenical refers to the Christian tradition. From the word that means household, ecumenical is participation within the Christian family. Baptists and Presbyterians and Methodists and Lutherans and Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox and Pentecostals are part of the ecumenical Christian family. Ecumenical is to be distinguished from interfaith which is diversity among religions. Sometimes I'll hear folks refer to Baptists or Methodists as different religions. Please don't confuse denominations from religions. All the churches on Park Road are Christian churches. On the other hand, Christians in all of our wide diversity do represent a different religion than our Jewish and Muslim and Baha'i and Buddhist and Hindu brothers and sisters. So there is ecumenical within the Christian household of faith and interfaith representing a variety of religious traditions. For 23 years, Amy and I and Dan joining us for all of his years have enjoyed a wonderful ecumenical fellowship with the clergy along Park Road. Mostly we ministers just get together to eat and we have a wonderful time But there are occasional joint projects of our congregations, Sedgefield United Methodist, Avondale Presbyterian, St. Luke's Lutheran, Holy Comforter Episcopal, Park Road Baptist. For many years, the Roman Catholic priest also joined us, and he is still invited to that table. In those gatherings, we are strengthened by sharing and by fellowship, by the common tie that brings us together. The spirit of participation and cooperation, of sharing and learning from one another is wonderful. It's been a great, great blessing and benefit to Amy and me for all these years. In addition to that ecumenical table, we have also enjoyed an interfaith table, a gathering of truly diverse voices as we often come together with clergy of 
uh, clergy and other faith leaders from across Charlotte's diverse religious traditions. Given the fractured nature of the Christian church in recent years, we often find, ironically, that we have more in common with like-minded rabbis and imams, Unitarian and Unity clergy, than with some of the other Baptist ministers in Charlotte. Years ago, I learned to believe that the deeper we dig into our own faith, no matter what your faith tradition, the deeper we dig into our own religious tradition, the more it will join us with those whose expression of religion are different than ours. The word religion comes from Latin, and it shares a root of the word ligament. Religion, because it joins us to God, ought to join us a ligament ought to join us to others who seek that same divine presence in the world. It's a shame that religion has become such a source of division. It ought to bind us together. And that has certainly been our experience um, as we have enjoyed 20 years of interfaith conversation in Charlotte. The office headquarters of MacMen, uh, Mecklenburg Interfaith Network is on our campus and so it has become commonplace to have gatherings on this campus, if I could use head coverings as a metaphor, gatherings of Sikh turbans and Jewish yarmulkes, Muslim hijabs, and maybe a few Baptist baseball caps, all gathered together at Park Road Baptist Church. We have developed a campus of ministry partners, Christian and otherwise, all working toward the same goal within our own understandings, working to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That practice which has become so important to Park Road's identity is good for the city of Charlotte. And it is good for the Christianity we need to profess in today's world of pluralistic difference. Thank you for being that kind of Baptist church, ecumenical and interfaith in spirit. The diversity of voices makes all of us stronger. Amen. At last year's preacher camp, when Russ put together the sermon schedule for the year that we are in, and he chose Proverbs as our guide, let's admit it, some of these are a stretch. But for community, I did appreciate these words. Where there is no guidance, a nation falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Even as we continue to worship today, perhaps be thinking on who are your counselors along the way. Do you have an abundance of counselors that provide a sense of safety for you? We are grateful to be in community together, counseling one another through. You've heard the ancient story. It seems like forever ago, and it was. I was in my first ministry job, nowhere close to having children yet. I was very young, very wide-eyed, very new, and very green. And there was a strong and powerful woman in our church that when she decided something was going to happen, well, that thing usually happened. And what she wanted more than anything else was for me to go to India with her for five weeks. 
I have told some of my India stories before, and I'm going to tell a portion of one again today. That's how huge that trip was for me. I think the trip would have sounded great if Russ could have gone, but alas, it was just me from our church and the strong and powerful woman. Five weeks. When I look back, I can hardly recognize myself back then. We grow, we change. We learn, we change. We expand our world, we change. You know, it's fascinating to try and imagine 30 years from now, looking back on the me of right now and thinking, I hardly recognize her. At least that's my hope, that I will continue to grow and learn and expand my horizons. I hope and pray that as that happens, I become more inclusive, more hospitable, more accepting, more loving, less fearful, less judgmental, less anxious. I look at her 30 years ago and I think, you have so much to learn. I want that to always be the case. 30 years from now, I can't wait to see what I've learned since right now. Now, to say that I was homesick during those five weeks in India is an understatement. It was a hard trip for me in a lot of ways. Some sickness, some episodes that verged on being treated inappropriately that still make me shiver. So by the end, I was just so ready to be home. As a minister, one of my roles in this excursion was to meet with and talk with the holy men of Hinduism, to learn from them and them from me. And I immediately sensed that there was more of an openness from them toward my faith than I brought to the table toward them. Those conversations were the beginnings of a deeper understanding of God and a real pivotal moment in my own faith journey as I began to discover an abundance of devotion and commitment to God from people who were traveling a different journey than my own. Now you remember how I said I was young and wide-eyed and new and green? Well, it was a moment of religious naivete, I think, when we were at this holy site, an encampment of sorts. Thousands and thousands of people had moved in for weeks worth of some kind of religious experience at this place where these three rivers converged together in one spot. You can only see two of them. Supposedly there was a river underground. Call me a little suspicious. But at a certain time of the year, this festival was held to honor some of the gods. I didn't quite follow along with what was going on with all the religious practices, but there were baskets of cobras, and I did not like that. There were all of these tables where you could buy baskets of flower petals and throw them to the statues of Vishnu or Buddha or any number of other gods. I vividly remember voicing my prayers 
in a whisper to God, but out loud saying, God, you know I don't believe in Vishnu, but I'm going to throw these flower petals at this statue because I just want to go home. I'm not denying you or Jesus, God. I'm simply trying to get out of here and get back home. I tossed those petals fearfully and reluctantly, worrying that somehow God might mistake me for Peter, who said, I'll never deny you, Lord. And then, just as Jesus predicted, he denied him three times before morning. I hardly recognized that young and afraid and more than a little superstitious woman now. I want to tell her, Amy, God is so big and there are so many paths to God. Jesus is your path. Do not be afraid. It wasn't really until we moved to Charlotte and we began a more intentional approach to interfaith work and interfaith dialogue that I began to understand perhaps a little of what our proverb is describing about an abundance of counselors. I have learned so much from our Jewish friends and Muslim counterparts. I have benefited from our Baha'i and Unitarian collaborations. I've appreciated our Hindu partners. We're all traveling different paths to the same God with every other path I encounter. I learn more about my own faith journey and the Jesus way. I guess some may fear that learning from others may in the end sway some to shift lanes. I have found myself more solidly a Jesus follower than ever. It's like the more I know about them, the more I understand about myself and my own commitments without having to change them or them having to change me. Imagine what our country and our world could be like if we recognized the safety to be found in an abundance of counselors. Remembering that our country was founded in freedom, God must surely have rejoiced that day when God thought maybe, just maybe, we were finally understanding how big and all-encompassing God really is. And then Christians ruined it by thinking we have a monopoly on God and forcing our way into classrooms and courtrooms in ways that are not helpful at all. And in today's culture, Christian nationalism is rampant, and it is scary. It's also embarrassing. They speak of a God I do not know and a Jesus that I do not follow. All religions have their dangerous extremists. Christians are no exception. And all religions have common denominators. Peace, love, God, sacred other, mystery. I wish I had an overflowing basket full of flower petals today. 
I would throw them with wild abandon. Offering prayers and goodwill without fear or trepidation, trusting that the way of Jesus honors everyone that is seeking God. For me, I'm going to stay in my lane, the Jesus lane. As I travel alongside an abundance of counselors and trust that God will be honored as we seek to be a community that loves, welcomes, and accepts all of God's people as beloved. You are beloved. So are they. We are in this together. An abundance of counselors. Let the flower petals fly. May it be so. Amen.